Welcome to Woman in Progress, the podcast for smart, successful, high-achieving women who are ready to choose themselves, stop following the shoulds, and have the audacity to create the perfectly imperfect lives they crave. I'm your host, Samantha Ushado, corporate leader by day, health mindset coach, and group fitness instructor by nights and weekends. I created this space for the seekers, the messy action takers, the women who are courageous enough to lean into discomfort in the name of growth and are willing to live life on purpose. So if you're ready to work on yourself for yourself, be an example of what's possible and meet other incredible women on the same journey, you're in the right place. Consider this your official invitation. Let's get to work. Hey, hey there, sweet friends. Welcome back to the podcast. What's new and exciting? I gotta tell you. I have been traveling a ton for work lately. Montreal, Halifax, Montreal, Thunder Bay, and then back to the Montreal again this week. And while I love it, the juggle has been real the last few weeks. I'm trying to hire a new rep for my team. I'm in the midst of planning a 15-person offsite for my region in November. I'm moving at the end of the month. Did I tell you all that? I can't even remember. (laughs) And my birthday is in a couple of weeks. The time is flying and I feel like I'm running a mile a minute. Half the time, I'm not even sure what day it is. (laughs) It's all good, but man, my mind is blowing to think that there are less than 10 weeks until the end of the year. So much to do, so little time. So anyways, did you get a chance to listen to episode 27 on people-pleasing? This one seemed to really resonate with a lot of you, and especially the clients I speak to that struggle with this in their own lives. So I'm happy you found it useful and most of all, actionable. And if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to it, I want you to hit play and listen to it after this episode. Now today, we're talking about the second way we women in progress show up when we're hustling for our worthiness, as perfectionists. Now I'll break it down in much the same way as last week's episode by sharing what it is, why you do it, how it shows up for you, why it's a problem, and how to break free from the behavior for good. Now whether you self-identify as a perfectionist or have noticed you have some unhealthy perfectionist tendencies, this episode is for you and will help you get clear about why you do it how it may be negatively impacting your life, and most importantly, how to address it effectively. Now, as a recovering perfectionist, I've got a keen eye for my fellow sisters caught in this particular flavor of hustle. In fact, and not surprisingly, perfectionism is one of the most common characteristics I see with my clients. They know I can relate to setting impossibly high expectations, over-planning, over-preparing, the procrastinating as a result of needing to know all the things, and getting it right and the fear of never feeling like you're doing enough no matter how much success you achieve. Perhaps you can relate. Or maybe you're thinking, what's wrong with being a perfectionist? Now, while striving for excellence can often be quite positive, especially when it helps you live a full and fulfilling life, and while there's nothing inherently wrong with this sort of healthy striving, when it manifests as a quest for perfection and becomes so extreme that it causes significant distress or impairment, that's when it's problematic. And here's the thing, you don't have to be quote unquote perfect to be a perfectionist. There's no such thing as a perfect person, no matter what your mother or your spouse tells you. Sorry, my friends, we are all flawed, imperfect beings, and there are no special snowflakes among us. But Sam, you might be thinking, what about those people who are super type A, organized AF, are always put together, are super productive, get all the promotions and accolades at work, and have incredibly immaculate and tidy spaces? That's pretty damn close to perfect. And again, no one is perfect, and that is only one way perfectionism manifests itself. The other way is in people who are major procrastinators. If you enter their spaces, they are messy, disorganized, and live in a lot of clutter. They are known to start things and stop or quit and struggle to follow through. And as a result, they tend to have a lot of unfinished projects. 
They operate from a place of fear. And so they engage in a lot of avoidant behavior and act kind of like ostriches and keep their head in the sand. I'm actually a mix of both of those types. At work, I'm super type A, I'm organized AF, you should see my inbox and my calendar just saying, have a high work capacity, get a lot done. And even when I'm really stressed out, I always pride myself in looking put together. As a spin instructor, I meticulously map out my playlist to the minute, make sure I know every single beat drop and plan my choreo in a very systematic way. And yet, in my personal life, I have a lot of clutter on tables, have almost 2,000 unread emails in my inbox, and as you learned early on in the podcast, store bags of clothes for Goodwill and to be dry cleaned or hemmed in my trunk for years on end. (laughs) Now, typically, if you're a perfectionist, it presents itself in many domains of life, not just one. And I'd even go so far as to argue that it shows up in almost all areas. And this is because how we do one thing is how we do everything. So if you're a perfectionist with things at work, you're probably a perfectionist when it comes to things in your personal life, your personal space, your appearance, how you show up in your roles as a friend, spouse, sister, parent, etc., etc. And more often than not, perfectionism is pervasive across all areas of life, even at the expense of relationships, work, and health. So tell me, Do either of these perfectionistic ways of being describe you? And if you're still not sure, let me hit you with the definition. A perfectionist is someone with excessively high personal standards and overly critical self-evaluations who insists on perfection and accepts nothing shy of flawlessness. This can show up as criticism of self and others and manifest in attempts to control situations and people. Perfectionists never believe what they do is enough. Their predominant belief is that things could be better and more than that, that they should be. And it's the should that is the most problematic and painful of all. When you strive for excellence, you believe things could be better, of course, and that the goal of our human lives is to grow, evolve, and be examples of what is possible. You believe that there's always room for improvement and enjoy the process of learning along the way. But with perfectionists, the goal line is constantly moving. Good is never good enough, and the results are always a direct reflection of their value and worth. In unhealthy perfectionism, negative habits and behaviors are driven by maladaptive thoughts and emotions about not meeting one's personal standards, the standards of others, and over-focusing on one's mistakes. And for the record, I am calling myself out hard here. I told you, I am a recovering, emphasis on current state, perfectionist. My friends, family, and colleagues frequently tell me that my standards for myself are much higher than they could ever have for me, and it's something I have to actively work on managing every single day. Through coaching, one of the most amazing discoveries I've made about my own perfectionistic tendencies was the realization that so many of my more persistent challenges and struggles stem from that one trait. In a lot of ways, this awareness has provided me with a ton of relief because once I understood the root cause, that all these seemingly unrelated and yet painful issues stemmed from my impossibly high standards for myself and others, I knew it was possible to get a handle on it. Creating awareness is always the first step to change. And there are a number of ways that perfectionism or perfectionistic tendencies might show up in practice. And as I go through this list, I want to encourage you to listen with the goal of identifying any of the ways these tendencies show up in your life. And again, if you do spot any of those that manifest in your life, be compassionate, curious, and fascinated rather than judge yourself. Awareness is truly everything and you can't change what you don't acknowledge. So if you're a perfectionist, here are some of the ways it might show up for you. Living in extremes or having an all or nothing mentality viewing yourself as a failure, relying on other people for praise or validation, being constantly worried or concerned about other people's opinions of you, fear of looking incompetent or making mistakes, being pushed by fear versus being pulled towards a desire to achieve goals, bullying and beating yourself up for any mistakes, missteps, or perceived imperfections, 
frequently engaging in compare and despair and never feeling like you measure up to others, having a self-worth conditional on high achievement, an inability to take a compliment because you're always finding flaws in your work, performance, or appearance, fear of the unknown or things outside your control, creating a ton of rigid and arbitrary rules for yourself and others, wanting others to do things your way, (laughs) guilty, an inability to tolerate mistakes and being intolerant of things being done in a manner that's different from how you think they should be done, being fixated on and only focusing on results rather than the process of chasing a goal. Isn't it hashtag perfection over progress? (laughs) And on what you have not achieved versus what you have minimizing or downplaying small wins or incremental progress, assuming that others are judging you with your own distorted self-view, procrastinating as a way to avoid failure, and because you're telling yourself that it won't be good enough, being unwilling to do or try things that you aren't good at in order to avoid risking not being good at it initially, sacrificing sleep, personal time, and your well-being to bring your work to an even higher level, even if it's not necessary and despite the fact that there is a diminishing return on the extra time investment. Only wanting to start when you're ready. This one hits close to home with this podcast, if you recall from episode one. Quitting easily or not bothering to start if you can't do it perfectly. Setting unrealistic goals or standards and berating yourself for not reaching them. If you don't reach your goal or achieve the outcome you desire, your self-talk sounds like, If only I was more, better, different, then it would have worked out the way I wanted. And never feeling proud, satisfied, or fulfilled by the success you amass, the goalpost is perpetually out of reach. So now that I've gone through this list, I want you to reflect for a moment and ask yourself, where does perfectionism show up in my life? And in what areas do I commonly strive for perfection? At home, work, in my relationships, or maybe even in my thoughts from moment to moment? And as a coach, I'll tell you that I often use coaching and all the tools I know and the self-development work I've consumed as weapons against myself. I judge my thoughts, my emotions, my behavior, my progress towards my goals, my relationship status, my career choices, all of it. I have high expectations about who and how I'm supposed to be because of the work I've done and the knowledge I've retained. And I can tell you, not only is it extremely painful, but just utterly not useful. And I think I listed about 25 ways perfectionism can show up and hijack your well-being. And many of those I've either pulled from my own experience or from what clients have expressed to me. It's pretty clear that it causes a lot of problems, not to mention creates a really unpleasant emotional experience for you because you're constantly measuring yourself up against an impossible standard you can never meet. And not only that, but it impacts your results and your performance because you indulge in procrastination, don't take action, quit on yourself, and quite literally fail ahead of time. Unchecked and unbalanced perfectionism can take away the good in your life. It can interfere with your personal goals, relationship, mental and physical health, and your overall well-being and sense of fulfillment. So why do we do it? Why do we indulge in perfectionism? Well, just like people-pleasing, it's a survival mechanism that we've yet to evolve from. Back in the days of hunter and gatherers, pro-social behavior was adaptive for oneself. If you were accepted and well-liked, you stayed safe and in the protection of the group. If you were rejected, exposed, or judged, you were exiled and did not survive. This primitive conditioning leads us to strive, often through unhealthy perfecting as a means to fit in and stay safe. But as I hope I've clearly illustrated, this is an example of a thought error, an irrational way of thinking that only serves to perpetuate mental and emotional anguish and is something that we have the choice to opt out of. So here's the good news. It's possible to rebuild your relationship with perfectionism, and you absolutely can reshape your perfectionist thinking and instead nurture the positive aspects of healthy striving. 
And as always, the first step is becoming aware of your perfectionistic tendencies. I shared earlier a list of 25 ways perfectionism might be showing up in your life. So a good place to start is by identifying what actions or behaviors most closely match how you operate. Once you bring these ways of being into your conscious awareness, you will be better able to reverse engineer the feelings driving you to take those actions. And from there, the thoughts you are thinking that create that negative feeling. So let's take an example from a client I recently coached. Let's call her Kate, not her real name. She was a perfectionist, a high achiever, and someone who was known for doing it all and doing it all well. No matter how much success she amassed, it never seemed enough. When she came to me, she was burnt out, sleeping poorly, and had no time for herself. She was doing all the things, working on her fitness, networking, interviewing for a new job, learning new skills to improve her understanding of personal finances, and the list goes on and on. Through our discussions, she identified that she was operating from a place of deep anxiety, and this is a common emotion driving perfectionists as are inadequacy, insecurity, worrying, feeling exposed, unprepared, embarrassed, and judged. And as you can see, there are a lot of feelings that perfectionists experience when faced with their own imperfection. The key is learning to sit with those emotions, letting them ride shotgun or putting them on and carrying them like a heavy purse. Ultimately, you're in the driver's seat of your life. And as part of the 50-50 of the human experience, negative emotions are going to come along for the ride. But you need to be willing to feel to heal. And this is the work that I did with my client, encouraging her to be willing to feel anxious, to be willing to feel inadequate, to be willing to be judged, even if it was only by herself. Our work was to get her to notice that she was reacting to her emotions and letting them fuel how she behaved and showed up rather than simply allowing them to be there and to notice them with compassion. When I mentioned anxious, inadequate, insecure, worried, embarrassed, judged, unprepared, and feeling exposed, did any of those emotions resonate with you? Chances are you struggle to allow yourself to feel them and instead play out your perfectionistic patterns to avoid feeling them altogether. But if you're serious about getting a handle on perfectionism, I want you to try an exercise with me. And if you're driving, just listen and then go back to this part when you're at home and you can try this without distraction. So think of the emotion that's driving you to unhealthy perfection tendencies and notice where you experience that feeling in your body. Where do you feel unprepared? Where do you feel inadequate? Where do you feel embarrassed or worried or anxious? What color is this feeling? Does it have a texture? Is it light or heavy? Is it hard or soft? Does it have a temperature? Is it moving? And if so, is it moving fast or slow? Just notice. And as you notice, I want you to notice if the feeling starts to lessen, to to ease up at all. The worst thing that can ever happen to you is that you experience emotion in your body. And if you tune into it, just like we did there, you'll realize that all emotions are simply a vibration in your body. More often than not, if you feel an emotion all the way through, it only lasts 90 seconds. The practice and what I want to offer you is to practice feeling your feelings on purpose and with intentionality. Yes, it's uncomfortable, but only temporarily. And the more you do it, the more skilled you get. And when you can be willing to feel any emotion, there is nothing you cannot do. And this is a great way to be on to yourself about the ways in which you use perfectionism to avoid feeling your feelings. And the opportunity that I want to offer is that you simply decide that you are willing to feel any negative emotion on purpose and no matter what, because you know the worst that could happen is a feeling and that you will always have your own back. And then the last step is to examine the thoughts you have that are driving you to feel the negative feelings that leads to the actions of your brand of perfectionism. For my client, her prevailing thought was, I want to do everything well. It sounds like such a lovely thought, doesn't it? 
It's actually sneaky though, right? Let's unpack it a little bit. Many perfectionists don't actually use the word perfect to describe what they are striving for. They have this general understanding that perfection isn't attainable, so they swap out the word perfect and use something else like well or right or best or better instead. But here's what I want you to question. What is the difference between well and perfect? Because here's what I hear. Well is just another way of describing an unachievable standard for herself that she hasn't quite clearly articulated, but when asked, is eerily synonymous with perfect. Now, if I've done my job and convinced you that the pursuit of perfection is not only impossible, but does not serve you, then what thoughts do you want to choose instead? Perhaps being a perfectionist is not helpful or that it doesn't serve me, that it's okay and safe to be imperfect that mistakes are a normal part of the process of learning and growing, that everyone makes mistakes, even Beyonce, that good is good enough, that no matter what, I'm always winning or learning. I can make mistakes and be a perfect and still be excellent. I love that thought. So take some time and think about what thoughts you can offer yourself that will get you out of the perfectionist trap and allow you to show up feeling and acting in a way that not only serves you, but is in service of the person you most want to become. Focus on and practice being kinder, more gracious, and compassionate towards yourself. As perfectionists, we put so much pressure on ourselves day in and day out to be perfect, even though we know intellectually that it is a futile pursuit. And then we make it mean that we are not worthy enough, not good enough, and we'll never get to where we want to go in life. To what end? Really take the time to examine your thoughts about what you make imperfection mean about you. Perfectionism is an arbitrary standard. There is no gatekeeper to perfection. So why not just let it go, focus on healthy striving and spend the extra time you'll have focusing on things that really matter, like your health, your relationships, and moving your life in the direction you want it to go. Healthy striving is totally available to you. As high achieving women in progress, we are always striving to our highest level, but we do so with little to no attachment to the outcome. This allows for mistakes and a disparity between expectation and an actual level of achievement. We enjoy the process of goal achievement and have fun along the way. And even if we don't hit our goal, who we become in the process is more important and something to be celebrated. Having high standards and working hard to achieve goals are critical to helping you achieve a productive and satisfying life, as long as you do it from a place of flexibility, care, and compassion for yourself. Mistakes are part of the process. If you aren't making mistakes or falling short, it's simply a sign that you aren't playing big enough. Let that one sink in. And remember, no one is perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. That's why pencils have erasers. That's all for our show today, friends. Thank you as always for tuning in and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for hitting play on another episode of the Woman in Progress podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? Don't worry, the conversation doesn't stop here because I want to invite you to apply for one-on-one coaching with me so that we can apply this work at a much deeper and personal level. If you're ready to go from stuck, stressed, and searching for more to clear, calm, and creating the life you crave, head to the show notes and book some time on my calendar to get started. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, here's to being a woman in progress.